desk for the last couple of weeks have been filled with requests of auditing employee resource playbooks, requests on how to reset up resource groups, trying to understand the value of each resource groups. What have you been working on? So in today's episode, I decided to talk to you about how you, as a diversity leader, practitioner, can help your organization or client establish resource groups. I'm going to be talking to you today from the perspective of a person who is not just going to be leading the resource group, but the person who is going to be creating the charter, the playbook, the rules, the guidelines, and a framework for those who have to actually do the work in starting the resource group. I'm Saber Budaki, and I'm the host of HR for Her. This is a podcast designed for diversity leaders and practitioners, giving you the tools, the resources, and the skills that you would need so you can provide diversity solutions in your organization or to your client base. Today's topic is on employee resource groups. How do we start them and what can we do to make sure that they're successful? Before I deep dive into the topic, I want to give you three tips that I want you to really think about as we are talking through this session. The first thing is the group has to fill a need. Understand what gap that resource group is going to fill. Number two, get leadership support. And number three, make sure the group has a very, very clear agenda. And so as we go on, I want to first talk about women resource group. Well, this is a gender diversity podcast. And so there's no way we cannot talk about gender. The very first thing I want us to think about when we talk about women resource groups, as we know, resource groups were designed to be homogeneous by nature, feeling and speaking to one group of people. But I want to talk and deeply about the women resource group and ask ourselves honestly, who was that resource group supporting, developing, and helping more than any other person in that group. Most employee resource groups designed for women are designed for one woman. And that woman is the professional, white, heterosexual female. Most of the conversations, the trainings, the speakers, the mentoring programs, the sponsorships, everything that really is done within that group has her in mind. And I want to challenge you, as you are developing your resource groups, to be more inclusive, to be more aware of other people who are in your organization, who may need the support of that group, who have joined that group for support. I want you to think about the African-American or the Black woman who joins the resource group, the women's resource group, excited, thinking finally she founded a community where she can exhale. But as she hears every presentation, every speaker, the projects you're working on, somehow she doesn't feel that she found her group because no one is addressing the concerns that she uniquely feels as she walks into every boardroom, as she walks into every meeting, and even as she sits at her desk or maybe even in her office. How did you get here? Who did you know? What makes you qualified? What are your credentials? Each step of the way, she is challenged with confirming that she has the right to be there. Or another woman of color 
who is constantly asked, where are you from? And she's always seems to be puzzled by that question because when she responds, I'm from Brooklyn, I'm from Minnesota, (laughs) I'm from Chicago, I'm from Minneapolis, or I'm just from Alaska. There seems to be a puzzled look on their face because that wasn't the response they were looking for. They were asking about her heritage because she was born in the United States, but no one is talking about how she can overcome or how this issue can be addressed. The hourly worker who comes to work every day, who's looking forward to moving out of that role to a more professional role. No one's talking to her about how she can move as she gets her degree or already has her degree out of that role into another opportunity. And then we have our whole, another group of women, a whole group of women that we totally have ignored, or maybe we haven't, but we definitely need to make sure we're giving some time and we are addressing their concerns. And that's the women plus, the transgender woman, the queer woman, non-binary. This person also comes to this group looking for support, but doesn't feel like her needs are also being addressed. And so therefore, I want us to think about when we are starting women's groups, that they are for all women. And one size definitely does not fit all, but we can definitely come and shape our programs around the various women who are coming for support, who are coming for community, who need resources, so they too can grow in their careers in your organization. And so now I want to move into how you can actually start this charter, because I really know that this is key to what's happening. I want to start out by talking to you about the value that ERGs actually bring to the organization. In a time like this, when there's crisis that is going all over between COVID-19, when we're sheltered in our homes, to the Black Lives Movement that's happening in our streets and happening even in our organizations as we're looking for responses to it. Our ERGs, our BRGs can definitely be strong partners in helping us address these issues. In a few minutes, I will explain to you the difference between ERGs and BRGs. But for now, I want you to listen to the ways that they can play into your organization goals. One of the things that we can do is right now, As your organization is thinking about having global expansion or even just national expansion, looking for new market shares, a lot of times they're going to places that they know nothing about. They're treading waters that they have never done before. Your RGs are a great resource. There's no need for them to go ahead and pay for an outside agency to do a huge feasibility study when probably most of that knowledge is right in your RGs on how to relate with those communities. As they're going across the waters and looking at global connections, are they understanding the cultures and the customs and traditions of these countries? Perhaps your RIGs can answer those questions for them. As they're going to new market shares, are they looking at how they're representing the new products in these markets? Is it true representation? Does it resonate with the people who they're now looking to serve they've never done before? RIGs can also help them in developing products. Sometimes it's not even a brand new product that needs to be developed, but just a different usage that's being done in a community that's not the way their product might have been designed or is commonly used. One of the things that come to my mind really is the Maggie uh, Bullion Cube, the Chicken Nor Bullion Cube. 
And if you look at most supermarkets, where is that bouillon cube located? Or where would you even go and look for it? You probably would look for it in the soup section because a bouillon cube is normally dropped into hot water or boiled in water. And it's usually the basis for a soup or a sauce. But if you look in the West African community and even in East African community, that is a seasoning. It's taken out of its package and sprinkled on to top of food as it's being cooked or even food that's already finished cooked. So here you have a product that your company may already have, but it's being used in a different way according to that community. This is a way that an RG can be supportive of your organization in terms of its business goals and its expansion. It's giving them the insight on a community and how they can be most effective. They can be help them with their branding. They can help them with their language. Too many times organizations have failed by using Google as their translator and not tapping into the authenticity of a language by using the people who are surrounding them. This is a great opportunity for that. RGs are very powerful in helping to retain employees because they bring employees a place of community, a sense of belonging, which is needed when we're talking about having employees stay at our organizations. They need to feel that they belong into their organizations. And sometimes RGs are the only place that employees can show up and be their authentic selves. So we see that RGs have a very critical role. So when you're about to create your playbook, keep in mind that an RG is very much an intricate part of your organization or can be in them achieving some of their success. So as you're setting up the group, think about in your framework, making sure that they understand that they need to be filling a gap, that an RG should be looking for a gap that needs to be answered. And before I'll go into more detail about that, I want to talk about the difference between an employee resource group and a business resource group. An employee resource group is simply that. It's focusing on the employee. So I want to give you an example, an employee resource group versus a business resource group who both have the same identity, a women's resource group. What you would see in an employee resource group for women is that they're helping women within this organization develop their skills, giving them sponsorship and mentoring opportunities. They're also helping them to make more connections with other women in the group. They're providing a network for them. They're also helping them to navigate an organization and understand and be more political savvy. So their focus totally is helping that woman succeed. And so all the trainings, the programs they have is focused on her. So in this example, I also want to use this in the context of a women's organization group in a male-dominated industry technology, engineering, or manufacturing, automotive. So let's look at a business resource group. What would they be doing? Because their goal is to align their resource group's agenda with the organization's strategic plan, organizational goals, so they can achieve business outcomes. They too understand the importance of having more women in leadership, just like the employee resource group does. So while the employee resource group is developing and providing opportunities for the women in the group to develop their leadership skills, what you would see in a business resource group is they're looking for opportunities to close that gap by perhaps maybe asking for a seat on the table of a women's in manufacturing group or women in technology group. They're now bringing the brand to that group 
they're looking for ways to fill those gaps. They're aligning with the fact that the organization said that they're looking to have 7% more women in their organization. And so they're therefore out there sourcing for women outside of the organization, sourcing or recruiting, or they're also being brand ambassadors for the organization. They're attending events in behalf of the organization. So that's how they're aligning themselves with the business goals of the organization. They're looking at how they're going to answer that same question, but they're looking at it from a different perspective. So let's move on to talking about what should you do in setting up the group. So we talked about how it's important to have senior leadership support. This is very critical. Senior leaders need to know that they have this tool available, this vehicle of the resource groups available to them to support them with their organizational goals. And that's by supporting them either by developing talent or also by going out and doing some of the business things that we discussed earlier. Once they know that, then they're probably more likely to hit on the next thing, which is funding. Funding is very critical. And funding is one of the areas where we see that groups tend to burn out. Because when groups are responsible for continuous funding of the opportunities or for the events and the activities that come their way, it seems to not be able to hold on to the excitement they had in the very beginning. Understand where that funding is coming from. Understand in the very beginning that when groups are being established, they should really consider budget and funding. One of the things that you can do is if your organization, for instance, is already supporting women in manufacturing, you can suggest that perhaps that money come directly to the women's group, the women's ERG or BRG, and then they will funnel that money to activities that they feel that are very critical to support to women in manufacturing. But then they can also use the funds to support the activities that they're having within their organization. So the company still gets to achieve that goal. The other thing you want to think about are who are the key stakeholders? Who needs to be involved? Who needs to know what's going on? Who do we need on board? And each group can have their own senior leader who's attached to their group. But you also want to not ignore any group. You definitely want to talk to legal as you're forming these groups because a lot of times the groups are representing the organization. So you want to give them guidelines. You also don't know where sometimes they're going to be developing products or services or come up with a new idea, as we said in the beginning. And in doing that, they must understand that that intellectual property belongs to the organization and not to the group. And legal will help you actually build out the language that you would need in your playbook to give to employees around that area. You want to partner with HR and find out what are their particular plans and their goals and how can your organization support that? Because the having this bridge between the two are so critical and very important. It doesn't feel like this ERG or BRG is out there alone doing something, but they realize how that's all tied in to what they're doing in the organization. They can see that link. The other thing that your charter wants to talk about is leadership. How will you choose your leaders? Where would your leaders come from? What would be the terms on their leadership role? Are there going to be limits? How long would the limits be? How would the person get into that role? Would it be that the group is going to select them or would they be voted in? Who votes them in? Who selects them if they're actually selected? And if your organization is a national organization, will you also have local leaders and local chapters? And with that, what would their role be? Would it be the same 
as the leader who's at the national head or would they have a different role? So think about your leaders. Would you choose someone who is developing, who's looking to get into a leadership role and would like to be the leader of this ERG to develop their leadership skills? Or are you only looking at people who are already polished and this way people can role model uh, leadership by what they see? This is a decision you have to not necessarily make for the RG, but definitely lay out options for them, criteria around this, so they can build a framework that is consistent. Then you want to think about communication. How would anybody know that the RG exists? So give them ideas on how they can create a communication plan for their RG. How are they going to notify their members that there is a meeting or how they're going to notify the whole community that there is an event? Who would be responsible for it? What will they be using? Are they going to use print or digital media? What are the different mediums that they're going to use to get the message out? That's something that they need to plan out, give them recommendations, and allow them to do the work. The other area you want to think about is meetings. Remember, this is a volunteer organization. So if they're planning for meetings, how often will they meet? Have some consistency across the organization in this area. For instance, are you going to meet monthly, bi-monthly, weekly? How long will the meetings be? Where will the meetings be? All of these things need to be addressed. Should local chapters have meetings on the same day as the national chapter? Should they be different? Should local members also achieve, attend, excuse me, the national meeting and their local meeting as well? That's another thing that you want to just highlight and let them start making decisions according to their group, or you can also mandate you make that choice. The other area that you want to think about is events. And this is a lot where the funding is tied in. Your events should be very focused and very much in line with why your ERG or BRG even exists. And with these events, you also want to provide a yearly planning calendar. So this way we don't have events that are conflicting with other events. And this way employees have an opportunity to attend. We know that some months, events should already be dedicated for various RGs. For June, it should already be dedicated, you know, as a Pride Month. And so, therefore, the LGBTQ community would lead that month. African Americans and Black RGs should be responsible or have the opportunity to lead Black History Month. And the same in March with Women's Month as well. These are things where you can have a headquarters kind of theme or activity that would then also go across all chapters of that particular RG, or you can give them an opportunity to claim their own. They could be a framework, or they can be free to do what they feel is best for their particular region. You also may also want to have some other foundational or structured events around company-wide initiatives. Perhaps you want to celebrate your company's anniversary. Maybe your company has hit a milestone in a particular area. Allowing the ERGs to have celebrations around this throughout the company that is according to their community values and core is a great way to tie in what's happening with the company and also allow them to keep their own identity within the celebration. So these are just some things that you need to think about when you're actually putting together a framework or a playbook or a charter, whatever you would like to call it, for resource groups in your company. They have such a tremendous value to your organization when they're utilized correctly. Have an agenda, have a goal of why they're functioning and tying them to the organization's business is so key. You do not want your RGs to become another social outlet of just 
people getting together, having a great time and leaving without having a clue of what the next meeting is going to look like, feel like, or where you're going or without any direction. Otherwise, it's just another social event and another happy hour. While happy hour and social events are very critical and important, that is not the sole existence of why your group is there. Groups that we have found that simply have social events without any tie or any agenda or main goal soon will begin to fizzle out and lose membership. People want to be tied with something that has a destination. Take them on a journey that they will begin to understand, enjoy, and be able to contribute, not only to the organization, but to themselves, because community would have been evolved. That's a wrap. And thanks for joining us for the HR for Her podcast. And if you would like to find more ways for creating a workplace where the women in your organization will thrive, then go ahead and do two things. One, download our gender policy checklist at our site, hrforher.com, and find out how your company measures up. And two, subscribe now to our channel and leave a review. We would love to hear from you.